Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with Revenue Operations Alliance. On this episode of RevOps Unboxed, I speak with Emily Garza, Senior Director of Revenue Operations at Nimbus. Today, we will discuss some of the challenges of running a RevOps organization and the importance of collaborating on compensation plans. This is a topic near and dear to every RevOps leader's heart. Let's get started. I'm your host, Sandy Robinson. I'm here with Emily Garza, who is the Senior Director of Revenue Operations at Nimbus. Uh, Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks for coming. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, so tell me a little bit, uh, we've worked together a long time, so uh, three companies we've worked together, and uh, but tell tell everybody a little bit about your background and uh, what you do. Sure. I've uh, worked not kind of always in kind of a RevOps role, even before RevOps existed really as a term. I started um, as a business analyst at an insurance company, and that kind of morphed into you know helping the the sales team more along the way and then it just continued on i've always either supported sales teams customer success teams um you know it, everything in between all of the all of the above and so i'll say it's never boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah you kind of become an expert in pretty much everything kind of the go to huh yeah absolutely and it's like Again, um, every day in RevOps kind of is different and you're just always juggling priorities and like figuring out what the the most urgent need is to help solve, improve, build out tools, et cetera. Well, so we work together at Nimbus and so now you're the senior director of revenue operations and analytics. So congratulations on your promotion. Uh, so what what types of things are you working on uh, just in terms of your responsibilities as a RevOps leader? Um, uh, it's a lot. I you know, manage all the tech stack tools for the, for the sales team, and I help implement new tools. We're currently in the process of uh, setting up a CLM for all of our <laughs> legal documentations and like integrating that to Salesforce to hopefully improve our contracting process, which is very intensive since we're uh, our customers or potential customers are financial institutions. So our contracts could be anywhere between 17 and 30 pages long. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a lot of fun, right? So you're having to deal with uh, lots of different uh, folks on both sides of the equation, right? On yeah. the customer side. And then also internally, as you're trying to work through a project like a CLM. Um, I remember we started that a while back. So uh, how's that? It, it sounds like everybody's kind of coming together and uh, working together to yeah, get things in place. It's We've got... We're still in implementation phase, so we haven't finished rolling it out. Right, the biggest challenge is since our contracts can be so long, is trying to like break them apart as much as possible to automate. Which they will never be hundred percent automated, just because they vary so much from prospect to prospect. But to like get as much automated as possible, so it's been a <laughs> and trying to like translate what you know legal and the sales team thinks as 
what the needs are to like, okay, you need to like you know, break the contract into all these different pieces. So you can like say what drives actually building the contract and getting them to understand what I'm even trying to ask them for. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. I mean, but this is, this is something critical. I think the relationship with the legal team and I think a lot of RevOps leaders, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if they miss it, but getting to know your folks in the legal team and having that cohesive relationship, because when you think about the customer journey, it's so critical that mm-hmm. contracting process and negotiations is so critical, particularly in a larger enterprise sale where they become more complicated and you're dealing with redlining. Um, and the last thing you want to do is go into three different tools uh, and a bunch of emails back and forth to deal with it, right? Yeah, yeah it's definitely. And uh, because right now, because we're not done implementing, you know, we have Monday has a legal has a Monday intake form to like for new requests coming in. Of course, every all the contracts are just you know word documents and going back and forth via email, and so everybody is always like, okay, what's the most current version? And it's like (laughs) either sitting on someone's you know computer or like buried in in someone's email. So having like a a true system where you can actually see the latest version and (laughs) I know that, and that's even prior to like sending it out to the customer. So that's just like they're you know internal redlining to make sure you have the right pieces in the contract, then you're not even sending it to the customer yet. Yeah. The, the 27 <laughs> versions that you had internally before it even went to the customer. Right. right? And of course, after it goes to the customer, there's no, no, another whole set of redlining negotiations. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and this, this, I think, is a it is a critical function of revenue operations, particularly when you are getting into that more um, complex uh, enterprise sales and, and everything like that. Um, and this, you know, getting into a CLM and tech evaluation is a is a far cry from your early start in oh, yeah. you know being an analyst. So, I mean, t- what like when you first got into what I'm kind of calling RevOps or in the analyst world, what was uh, what was that like? Was it did you did you kind of fall into it? Uh, you know, oh, definitely. Like when I was just the analyst, I was like given like specific projects, or I would even like, okay, this particular process and operations is not working well, go sit with them and figure out how to make it better. So I did, you know, have to interact with, you know, teams and everything to like try to help problem solve things. So that component, which is still a big component of RevOps was there, but I was like given, you know, specific things and not like gotten free reign to say, you, you know, look anywhere within the customer sales cycle and figure out, you know, where, the company is struggling and mm-hmm. and I never and early on in my career never like got into any you know system evaluation or <laughs> <laughs> or try to figure out you know which tools are the best and of course that's another entirely different skill set that you know you're like evaluate you again you have to get requirements of what each team wants out of a tool and then you know start lots of demos and questions and everything. And, <laughs> and and then most of the time with any systems that target a certain area, the core functionality, you know, unless they're horrible, which, which you eliminate them very quickly, is all very similar. So it's like, then you like have to like differentiate, okay, this tool does this well, but not this well, mm-hmm. which is more. And then going back to the team and saying, okay, which thing is, more important because you're never going to get or 
rarely you get the golden unicorn that does everything you want exactly as you want. So you have to like decide as a team, you know, the pros and cons of what you're really trying to solve. Yeah, what the what the trade-offs are and what the core business problem is. And I know you find that uh, people's emotions get involved, right? Because people have certain yeah. uh, preferences towards a tool like, you know, I like Starbucks and I like Dunkin'. And this is kind of what you deal with when you're going through. Yeah, and that. And then you also have to take consideration when you're doing the demos and everything, that's the vendors, salespeople, you know, pitching you. And so, of course, they're, you know, they're selling the tool to you. So I was like, are you, they truly giving you all the information? I, f- I found with every tool that we've implemented, there's been something that was told to me by a salesperson that's, you know, not hundred percent correct. It's probably 75% correct, but it's, it's either more complicated to set up or there's some, you know, gotcha somewhere. Right. <laughs> but you don't find out until, you know, six months later. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always fun, right? And then you're you're kind of diving in more and spending more time on development and things like that. Um, you know, it, this is the time of year when everybody is thinking about, or they should be, if you're not, then you really should be thinking about comp plans. And I, you know, I know that's something that you're responsible for is uh, creating the commissions plans. Uh, what advice or what types of things are you working on uh, in terms of sales compensation? Oh, yes, I do administer the compensation plan. Um, of course, right now it's like just the monthly, we're on a monthly commission cycle. So it's just the, a monthly administration of making sure the commissions are paid and uh, set out correctly. But then, of course, in the fall, typically you start working on changes to the plan for the following physical year. And it's always like you have to like analyze what's working. Is this really truly motivi- motivating the sales reps? Because again, the whole whole reason for compensation is to like drive sales. And so you have to make sure that your particular compensation plan actually um, motivates and is enthusiastically received by the reps. And they see that their effort is really going to like pay off in a, a good uh, compensation. Every year, you know, the slight changes to like what you're trying to target and everything. So you kind of like have to shift to like, okay, how can we improve it to like do what we want to meet our plan for the next year? Because, you know, from a man- sales management and, you know, CRO, and it's like really all this is to like, you know, you have your plan. Your- of course, fall is typically when you do plan evaluations for the following year. So they kind of go hand in hand. The whole co- the compensation plan is to support achieving your uh, financial plan for the following year. And so, you know, quotas and everything are really tied to the um, the, the, the financial plan for the following year. Yeah, the balance is hard too, right? Right, because... so you have, to, you have to get feedback from the CFO because they, you know, they're, they're heavily involved in creating the plan. And then from the sales leadership, you have to like, obviously, typically, if the reps make their plan, of course, that also, you know, rolls up to the managers and, and leaders of the sales team to also get compensated. Right. So, <laughs> so it's challenging to like weigh the balance of um, the sales leaders kind of like want to incentivize their team, but they also are incentivizing themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have to like have the balance of, of conflicting 
goals. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, the voice of reason, like the should we do this uh, right. type of thing. And then totally selfishly as the person administering the plan, I always have the voice of, okay, it's nice that you want to measure that, but we don't really have a good way to measure that. So <laughs> if that's going to be the thing, we have to figure out how we're actually going to measure that particular metric in the compensation plan. Yeah, definitely. Identifying the data sources is critical. So if you want to measure revenue that you're actually uh, booking, then how are you going to be able to do that? How do you tie it to the opportunity and, and all those different things? You have to establish that up front. I think a lot of times uh, sales leaders have this pie in the sky yeah. idea and then they come yes, to Yes, they us. have a conceptual concept of what they want to you know, incentivize, but then you have to like, okay, well, how's that tie back to actual data and the system that you can say, yes, this is what, this is, this, this is particularly thing was achieved and we should pay compensation for that. Yeah, no, for sure. And like you said something before about tying it to the financial goals and everything like that. And I think that's something as a RevOps leader, just, just totally remembering that you have we're, we're here to drive revenue, right? Sales leaders are there to make make the plan. Um, we want to make it motivating, want to make it fun, but we have to, you know, keep it aligned and and have everything roll up and, you know, focus on the right areas or yeah, solving cause, problems. Because it's always a fun conversation at the end of the year when the the company didn't hit their plan numbers, but the, then the F, uh, CFO sees that some reps got very heavily incentivized and got a lot of commission for the year. So like, oh, yeah, like the team as a whole didn't hit their goals, but this, you know, there'll be like one particular person or a couple of people that, again, it's all based on territories. And so there's lots of things that go into it, but it's, it's fun conversations. So like, okay, how do we pay this person so much commission if we're like totally missed our mark yeah, as, as, a as, a, as a company? How do you uh, suggest for people to plan for that um, in terms of when you're assigning uh, the plans? Because obviously it's linked to their quotas, right? So when they're when you're building out the quotas for people and assigning them out, um, how do you, you mentioned a roll up and alignment, but what's a good strategy? How do you suggest approaching that um, for folks that are trying to set this up? Um, yeah, there's a lot of different components in it because, you know, typically, um, most cases that I've seen in sales organizations, there's the teams are divided up in some kind of ter territory, so geographical, or sometimes it's you know specific segments of the 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 target market, and so you have to balance of like okay, how the how do the quotas get spread out amongst the team that they can actually achieve or get close to achieving, so it's motivating, um, along with you know how's it going to tie up to that overall, you know, uh, plan for the whole, the whole team. And so it's like trying to make it fair and be achievable is like, is always a struggle because it's like sometimes territories aren't balanced completely. And so it's like some teams, it will see that like, they feel like somebody's getting um like, Fair, yeah, yeah, like, like they're, they're, they have like, they're, if it's geographical and you know, it's not balanced for what your target market is, then okay. there's a feeling like, like, well, so-and-so has, you know, a thousand, you know, potential prospects where I only have right. 500. Right. <laughs> right. And so you have to like, if that's the case, you have to kind of like 
counterbalance that with like having lower quotas potentially or to like to balance that out yeah. but then when there's an inevitability can't say that word um territory shifts through the year with, with new people coming in and people leaving there's always come to the point where you know in the mid-year they'll want to like totally changed territories. <laughs> yes. I know that. I know that well. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> and so they're trying to retrofit, you know, yeah. What you know, quotas need to be changed or how to make it to keep it fair. Cause you generally go in the beginning of the year where it is fair and balanced mm-hmm. and everything. Cause you have like a known set of you know variables. But then everything changed, yeah. you know, <laughs> mid-year for multiple reasons it could be territory changes it could be you know this one particular product's not working Mm -hmm. well we're we're not we don't want to sell that as much so then you have to adjust if it's your compensation is product driven then it's like how do you deal with that so it's like again it varies by you know what your actual compensation plan is made up of but there's always something that changes mid-year that you have to kind of adjust for and then you then you figure out really quickly like I should have set up the database better right so setting up your territory segmentation all the different you know which account is aligned to which state to which person and so when they are wanting to change these things you you have that ready to go right um so it is you know yes because you, you when there's changes you want to be able to react to them very quickly so there's not a lag and um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> When possible. I mean, sometimes, you know, they change too much then. (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it gets hard. I mean, um, but it just kind of goes back to the foundation of RevOps, right? Where you're uh, aligning there, you know, down to your, whatever your target market is, your segmentation, having clean data in your systems, it all kind of lines up to Mm -hmm. when you are making these comp plans and trying to sort out uh, where where does the quota get assigned and what's balanced, um, it it just becomes a lot easier if you've done the work, you've done the hard right. work, right? And There's then to, stressing to, out. to mitigate as much as possible, something feeling like they're being slighted some, yeah. somehow. Yeah, there's nothing worse than companies who don't show you how the sausage is made, right? So I, I think is... Obviously, you can't be you can't show everything, but being as transparent as possible, Mm -hmm. I think, is, you know, in me having been a salesperson at a long time ago, I want to see that. Like, I want to know, well, why did I get this number and so and so got that number? So I think having having that easy explanation, well, that's this is how your territory is comprised. Here's your capacity, et cetera, et cetera. So um, so that's good. So are you are you on track to get comp plans uh, aligned and um, set up before the end of the year? I'm hoping because last year we were kind of very late, you know, end of the year. And so and I, I was like programming the compensation plan in January, knowing like first payouts, you know, in the end of January. So but it's always fun and stressful, like <laughs> setting everything up in the system, like weeks before it has to um actually be you know paid yeah so idea yes i have started like building the structure out um i'm meeting with our our cfo in a couple of weeks to like get his input because again it's the balance of you know the sales team wants this pretty thing over here but you know (laughs) is that what the company is really trying to go after so hearing from all parties and kind of like being the 
mediator negotiator <laughs> between people to say, okay, we'll give you this if you give us. <laughs> yeah. I think every person in RevOps listening can relate to that because it's, you almost become, you do become this intermediary and this collaborator, this person that's kind of going back and forth between different departments. And sometimes even your own CRO, you you, know, you need to kind of work between your CFO and your CRO and mm-hmm. uh, to, to achieve some sort of a balance. So having those, I think people skills is, is like really, really important. Um, so do you have a, do you have a good story, um, whether it's commissions related or, um, you know, planning or anything like that, that uh, you don't have to use names or anything, <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> um, let me see the commission. I, when we, when Sandy and I first started at Nimbus, there was like um, some like self-reporting going on with some of the teams for their commissions and that as a RevOps person, you really don't want ever to be in a situation where people self-report because not that anyone's doing anything malicious, but they will always like kind of look to things for their benefit versus unintentional. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just human it's just, nature. It's just human nature to say, you know, whatever. That, right. you know, so, so, and also if they're not data people and they're just doing things in a spreadsheet, yeah. you know, it's very prone to like having errors. Yeah. So it's like you, you do you do want ideally you want that in a kind of a, a separate role. A lot of times it's rev ops or sometimes it's like finance doing commission things, just so you have an impartial person actually administering. <laughs> yes, for sure. No, I I mean I, and like you said, it's you know, nobody's doing anything intentional. Humans make mistakes. Uh, so, I mean, when do you think is the best time to get a commission tool? So if you're a RevOps leader thinking about, you know, you're, you've got to do commissions this year, you're working, you know, when, when's a good time to get a tool to do that for you? Well, um, yes. Initially, <laughs> when, uh, against, when Sandy started at Nimbus, it was really like ramping up everything. And so we were like building out the sales teams and simultaneously building out the tools, commissions and all that stuff. So we were doing things manually at first, which again, every time you're doing things completely manually, a spreadsheet, you know, it's error prone. You can easily make a formula mistake in Excel. Um, not that you can't in the commission system also, but you know, Excel is like every cell is a different formula. So mm. it's, it's, it's easier. But separately from that, you know, communicating to the reps what their commission plan and making sure you know, Sally can't see Bob's commission mm-hmm. and vice versa. When you're in Excel, you're always in fear, like, okay, am I just showing them that tab? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I, if you're emailing it, am I just, am I emailing the right attachment to the right person? <laughs> and so with a commission system, since they typically have to log in to like look at their statements and everything, or some of them do email now, but it's a system like emailing Sandy, Sandy's commission statement, or when she logs in, she can only see her commission statement. So it it not only alleviates the pain of errors within formulas and, and, and the tools, but then also making sure only people can see the stuff they're allowed to see. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing that right now. So you're saying this, um, I, we're in spreadsheets today and there's nothing worse than you're sitting there and you have, the, do I have the right file in the email attached? Do I only have the one tab saved as a PDF? Am I sending it to the right person? 
And when I'm sharing my screen, am I hiding the right tab so only so-and-so sees one tab? That stresses me out. So, um, you know, that's that's on my hot and fast agenda to get a commissions tool. Uh, so that way, you know, I can I can save myself the heartache and time because it probably takes me hours extra just because I'm yeah, concerned. So, so like if you're just starting and you have a very small sales team, you know, less than even when it gets to 10, mm-hmm. it can be probably like if you have five people you're doing commission for. That's fine. But it's like as soon as you start getting over 10 and then if you're in the level of like having hundreds, then you yeah. definitely, you definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't be. You, yeah. But, but even, even but, startups. So, I mean, yeah, even startups. So if you get to the threshold, the threshold is probably like right before you hit 10, like 10 is like it's, it's easy to say, you know, get start getting confused. Right. And so even if you're a small startup company. Um, again, you may be doing stuff manually initially, but you need to start looking down of when you, when you want, and, and you can start about, you know, it takes, you know, three or four months to evaluate all the different tools. So you may start doing the evaluation process sooner and, and then just like pick the target date of when you want to actually implement a commission uh, tool. Yeah, definitely setting up that, that foundation. If you're planning to hire 10 people the first year, 25 the second year or something getting it. That's one of those things in, you know, prior roles. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to get that tool until later. And that's the one thing that I, I, I personally would rather get sooner versus later. Yeah. Cause it's like, it take, you know, any new tool takes a while to set up and everything. So having it set up and running well before you like, you know, hire all those people, mm-hmm. then it's much easier to onboard them and like get them um motivated that they'll get paid correctly even if it takes them you know three or four months to actually close the deal where they're actually getting paid right giving them visibility into the uh the commission plan is like is good even oh yeah before they close something oh yeah because that's definitely the one email salespeople open is if it's about their commissions you could say all day long well you don't have this contact in Salesforce or you don't have this, uh, I don't see the call recording in Gong, but if you send them an email about commissions, they're like yeah. stalking you, right? <laughs> you know, that one actually will get open within uh, you know, half hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're, they're texting you, calling your cell or where's, where's my commission. So yeah, the fun. Well, good luck with getting the 24, 2024 plans. We'll have to follow up and, um, See how that goes. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be on time, but I think hey, if you're doing it in January, that's good. So um, I, I know uh, that's always a constant struggle if you're if you're getting things done. But um, so tell me a little bit, uh, you know, as we kind of close here, what are some as a you know you've been you've been in revenue revenue operations uh, in the kind of world of revenue operations and sales for uh, some time. Uh, you know, what are some tips or, you know, if you're just starting out in RevOps or you've been doing it a while, like what are some of your your words of wisdom, uh, if you will, that you'd like to share before we close? <laughs> I will say it, it, it kind of varies on the size of your RevOps teams. I've always been on, on smaller RevOps teams. And so it's always the biggest challenge for smaller RevOps teams is prioritization, prioritization, mm-hmm. prioritization. It's like... Again, you can work. There's so many things you can work on. You have stuff to, you know, to keep the you know, lights on that you have to like stay on top of. But there's always 
ways you can improve processes, you know, better communication between teams. And so it's like really deciding what's the largest pain points that's going to impact revenue creation. You have to, everything you have to keep a lens of either revenue creation, re retention, um, or, you know, efficiency improvements. So it's like, you know, within those three kind of lenses, you have to like look at projects and say, what's going to tip the needle, you know, the best for one of these, you know, three buckets of so retaining customers and re revenue, generating new revenue, and then making things more efficient for the team. So there's, they can, there's less time and energy to do a particular task. That's genius. I love it. So generating revenue, retaining your customers and creating efficiencies. Uh, those are some some great tips for people to focus on and keep themselves out of the whirlwind and staying focused on the priorities. So, Which, you know, yeah. I struggle every day. Yeah, every we week all do. To like, you know, not get down and get caught up in the whirlwind and like say, okay, keep a, you know, focus on the larger projects that you're working on and not get stuck in the day to day. Yeah which is a never ending struggle. <laughs> never ending struggle. Well, this, this was great. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.